Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today I have got a treat for you. This topic is going to be very e-commerce centric. It's going to be very applicable to anyone in e-commerce, but it's not going to be so much tactical as it is strategic. And so today we're talking about how do you get unstuck? Because believe you me, we all get stuck at times in our business. And as we grow and as our trajectory changes for our business, the ways we get stuck also change. And so I'm bringing on really just a, a master at this topic and, and a super cool guy. Uh, I've been looking forward to this, this podcast recording for quite some time. This episode of the E-Commerce Evolution Podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce Resources. That's right. Here at OMG Commerce, we want to help make sure you're educated and in the know to capitalize on the latest tips, tricks, and strategies to help you grow your e-commerce business. So if you go to omgcommerce.com and under resources, click on guides, we have some cutting edge free information for you on things like how to dominate with Amazon DSP ads or how to use Amazon sponsor brand video ads and how to craft the perfect ad. We have several guides on how to capitalize on YouTube ads from creating the perfect ad to knowing when you're ready to scale. Plus there's a newly updated Google shopping guide plus more. Check it all out at omgcommerce.com and click on guides under resources. And now back to the show. Well, I'm delighted to welcome to the show Mr. Justice Marimi. Justice, what's up, my brother? How you doing? And welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? I'm excited to be here. Excited to be on this podcast. I'm pumped, man. I'm fired up. Yeah, I, I know I know you are. You always bring the energy. You always bring the thunder. <laughs> and so quick, uh, quick intro on who Justice is. Justice works very closely with Ryan Daniel Moran and Capitalism.com. So if you've been to the Capitalism Conference, if you're part of the 1%, uh, you know who Justice is. If you I've ever gone through the incubator that Ryan Daniel Moran has. Uh, Justice is the head coach there. He's just an awesome dude. And, and so a quick story on how I met Justice. It was actually at Ryan Daniel Moran's house. I was there with a group of, of investors, the part of the capitalism fund that, that I'm a part of. And I, I see this dude, Justice, talking to a group of people. And it wasn't the normal, you know, sometimes when you're at an event, we, we some, you know, entrepreneurs, we're uh, confident in what we do. Maybe there's a little bit of ego there. We have a tendency to maybe puff up a little bit, talk about all the things we're doing. And, well, I'm doing this, I'm growing that. I got, I got a thousand people working for me and stuff like that. <laughs> That's not what Justice was doing. Justice was asking brilliant question after brilliant question. I'm like, is this guy interviewing someone? <laughs> Turns out he was just super interested. And uh, so I was like, man, I got to get to know this guy. So that, anyway, then he and I talked and we, we hung out for the weekend and it was, it was super great. So uh, yeah. anyway, with that, um, anything you would add to that justice? Uh, anything you would add to what you do there for the community and for uh, Ryan Daniel Moran? No, I mean, kind of my, my heart, my philosophy is that I think the future of justice in America is the business. I think it's business. Yeah. And so my heart is to see business leaders get free, get unstuck, mm -hmm. because when they create healthy businesses, guess what? They hire people. Guess yeah. what? They usually give more to outside nonprofits. 
Um, right. They're able to do some of the things that they wanted to do with their life and create the impact they want to see in the world. So mm. my heart has always gone out to the business leaders because I can see in the future that like, business owners are, are way more conscious of what's going on in the world and they want to impact it. And yeah. in order to impact the world, you got to hire some people. You got to put some money towards it. They're really yeah. I'm excited about it. I Dude, I love that. The, the fuel for justice in, in the United States and beyond, I think, can definitely be the entrepreneur. They can be small business. And, and so it's one of the things we talk about at OMG that you know, our mission is to accelerate the growth of our clients, so accelerate the growth of great e-commerce brands. But then internally, what we want to do is accelerate individual and team growth. So we want to see the individual improve and grow and overcome their own challenges and become the best version of themselves they can be because they show up better to work and they're better yep. at home. And then, and then as, as you have profits, you can invest in the community and things like that. So totally agree with that sentiment. That's fantastic. Uh, so, so talk to me a little bit about, you know, as, as you and I were kind of talking, first of all, you're just a really cool guy. So I was like, I, I got to get justice on the podcast. <laughs> and then I, and then we figured out what are we going to talk about? But you kind of came up with this, this idea of, you know, getting people unstuck. Cause I think that's probably what you help people do more than, than anything else. So can you, can you talk a little bit about um, what, what types of people are you working with on a day-in and day-out basis? Are these e-commerce people with a, just an idea? Are they e-commerce store owners that are just looking for more traction? Kind of what's, what's the, the gambit of people you work with? Yeah, so uh, great question. Thanks for asking. You know, we've, in, in the 1%, we have really three groups of people that are, that are in there. They're all e-commerce uh, the majority of them. There's a few service providers that are in there that are like consultants or uh, just working different things like digital stuff. But uh, for the most part, they're trying to create e-commerce brands. And we always say there's three stages. There's the grind, the growth, and the goal. The, the grind is I'm at idea phase. I haven't launched yet. And that comes with its own set of places where people get stuck. Uh, the next is growth. I've launched, but I'm really trying to get to 20K per month in just sales. That's it. Just 20k a month consistently um, and then gold is 20k plus which is at that point you usually have a you're you're getting close to seven figure business you're you're consistently getting be, being seven figure year, year over year um, but you want to get to eight figures or at least sell you want to sell, sell your business so you're trying to get an exit which comes with its own set um, of issues and I'd say at every stage you have to be a different person at every stage you become a different person or you don't, and you suffer the consequences of, of that. And so um, those are kind of the three stages that I see. I also do coaching on the side with executives and high-level high CEOs, and those have their own set of, like, very specific things. But most of my time is spent with this community in the 1% where I just get to see them thrive. Yeah, I, I love it. And, and so I want to kind of dive into to each of those stages. I think the... The grind will probably spend a little less time there. I think most of yeah. the, the listeners to this podcast are already, they've already got a brand that's, that's getting some traction, but we're often looking at starting a new brand or, or buying a fledgling brand or something like that. We're actually looking at doing that ourselves. Yeah. So I wanna, but I want to spend time in those other areas too. I love what you said though, you have to change a little bit. Not that your personality changes per se, but the way you show up, the skill sets deployed, those have to change them. And I want to take just a quick fun diversion because I know yeah. you're, you're a dad, as am I. I think there's some great parallels to being a good 
father and being good at business and at, and at life. And so you and I were swapping good kids stories a minute ago. Uh, can you, can you relay the story of, of your son and his uh, instructions to you? Cause I think there's a couple of business lessons there. Yeah. Yes. I, I have the tendency of being a little lazy. And so when I come home after I've played with the kids or done whatever, after we eat, it is like my thing. I go sit down, I get on YouTube, and I watch like basketball highlights or little highlights yeah, from stuff. Yeah, that's right. People I like to follow, and, and I'll watch it with the kids. They hate what I watch because it's boring. Um, <laughs> but I got like my little, I, I bring my plate from dinner or dessert, and I sit down. It's like it has to happen. And after I'm done, I'll ask my oldest, who's seven, to take my, my plate. After I'm done, would you take it up to the sink? And uh, he's like our most responsible one. He's just super responsible and, and just a good kid. Um, and he he took it. And the other day he goes, yeah, dad, uh, I just think you need to be a little bit more responsible. About <laughs> this. And I was like, my wife looked at me like eyes wide oh. and a look of like, I can't believe he said that. And you know, he's kind of right. And, like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I still need you to take this plate up to, up to the sink. I'm still dad. <laughs> uh, it touched a nerve, but I'm not going to yeah. go there with you. Um, yep, yep. But isn't that funny? Truth. I think that happens in in business too, where somebody says something, and you're like, "Well, that wasn't maybe the most appropriate thing to say, but there's some truth there, <laughs> yeah. so I'll, I'll accept it." So let's address the way that was handled. Yeah. Uh, but I appreciate I appreciate the insight for sure. So that's that's hilarious. Yeah, kids will be kids, and they're mm-hmm. for sure. Crazy. So quick story on my end because I, I don't share a whole lot of family stories on the podcast, although I've got something planned and, and in store that I think will be kind of fun. But so we, we have eight kids, my wife and I. We live on five acres, so it's not like a real farm, but we've got a little bit of land. So we have ducks, and we've had ducks for about a year. We bought ducks, built a duck pen at the start of the lockdowns, right? Yeah. So, but we've got an, we had an issue lately where ducks keep disappearing. So ducks, bottom of the food chain, man, like it's hard to be a duck. Everything's <laughs> trying to kill you if you're a duck. So we had this scenario where we went from um, seven down to one. Oh, no. <laughs> We'd go out every morning, open the duck pen, and, and one would be gone. And, and so the other day, my seven-year-old uh, daughter, Sophia, she's the tender-hearted animal lover. Yeah. She figured it out. She figured out how. We think it's a raccoon. Raccoon oh. is getting in, and so we, we're, we fixed it. Yes. But uh, we were going to get more ducks uh, today to kind of replenish the stock. <laughs> and uh, some of the early ducks had food names. I don't know why, but like pineapple, potato. And, and so my wife's like, no more food names. And I wasn't thinking about who was around me. And I said, yeah, we don't want to name one Midnight Snack. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I turned around and Sophia's standing there and she's like, I hate you. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, got it. Like, what what I might view as funny, not yeah. everybody's going to view as funny. So, yes. kids, kids will keep you honest. That's for sure. Oh, for sure, hundred so. <laughs> percent. All right, man. So, all right. That, and after that little diversion, that was fun. Uh, so, let's talk about let's talk about that grind stage. So, now you've got yeah. an idea. Maybe it's an idea for a new product. You already got a business, or maybe it's a brand new venture, or whatever. Yep. Where do people get stuck in the grind uh, yep. phase? Yep. So if they're at idea, we got, we have a lot of, in the world of entrepreneurship, there are a lot of integrators who decide to be entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So if you're an integrator, you're usually the person that a CEO hires to orchestrate getting stuff done. You get stuff done. Absolutely. And getting it done well. So they'll come in and it's the hardest place for integrators because it's, you just got to start. It won't be perfect. You're going to fail, but you'll figure it out. Like the people that do really well at at launching 
just getting started in the grind. They're like, they've got this test mindset. I'm just testing. I'm seeing what lands. I'm seeing what sticks. I'm just going to move forward. I'm okay with making mistakes. Any mistake I make has nothing to do with my identity as an entrepreneur. If I fail, that doesn't mean I'm a failure. It just means that methodology doesn't work. And they're okay with losing certain amounts of money early on to figure it out. They're just going, this is, that's okay. Well, I'm not yeah. going to die today. Things are yeah. going to work yeah. out. Those people do really well. But if you're an integrator or just like you're kind of a perfectionist, um, it's a little bit harder um, because you're going, okay, I've got to yeah. get off my, I got to get past this failure mindset or fear of failure mindset. Once they can overcome that, launch it, they're going to, if they come in with an expectation of knowing I'm going to bring on some people to work for me that are not going to work out. I'm going to try some things that are not going to be liked. Um, and I'd say the other thing in the grind is it's really, it's because you're discovering, it's a lot of discovery. It's easy to get that shiny object syndrome mm -hmm. yep. because yep. everyone's telling you, this is how I launched with close to nothing and got millions. And so you're going, Hey, I want to get millions. Yeah. I don't want to spend a lot of money at the beginning. So do I go Pinterest? Do I go YouTube? Do I go Instagram? Do I connect with influencers? So they end up trying all this stuff and they burn out before they've ever sold a product because a lot of times they're just, they're trying everything. They didn't commit. Yep. Um, and then as always, they, they focus on the wrong thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Chasing too many things, chasing what worked for someone else, not thinking about what will work for them yes. in their situation, not committing to something. And I want, I want to talk just briefly about the the integrator there and kind of the dilemma that a lot of them face where they want things to be perfect. Usually they execute at a very high level, but in the early stages of a brand new product or a brand new company, things are, are messy, right? And so yeah. I've got two things to share there. One, uh, I read the book, uh, How Google Works. I highly recommend it. But Eric Schmidt talks in that book about he uh, has his pilot's license. And one of the things that they teach pilots is decide. You have to make a decision. The worst thing you can do is to freeze up and analyze and just sit there. So their, their thing is decide, decide, decide. Because you make a decision, you can always course correct after that. But if you yes. do nothing, you're going to be in really bad shape. Um, another great story is, is Jeff Bezos, right? He says really the... The thing you have to think about with most decisions you make in business is that they can be overturned. They can be reversed. Okay. So move forward when you have about 70% of the information you you think you yeah. want, right? So you're never going to get 100%. If you wait that long, probably too late. You probably miss yes. every opportunity and it's gone, right? So so those two are great principles for me. I'm a little more visionary than I am integrator, but um, I, I like those stories, I think, uh, for anybody, but especially the integrator. Yep. And, and I will add, if you are an integrator, it does not hurt to partner up. And it doesn't mean this is my yeah. business partner for life. But even if it's like, hey, I'm going to run to this person and just bounce some ideas off of them. That's a visionary that, you yeah. know, is just straight yeah. visionary. Just And usually what they're going to say is, when are you starting this? Like, when is it actually happening? You just need to mm -hmm. you're going to figure everything out once you launch. Just go yeah. launch. Just get it out there into the world. See how people react. You're going to mess up. One of the stories that that I have was I went through, I mean, I'm a coach, so I always feel like I have all the information, right? It's just sitting there. I've read all the books. It's just, I'm just ready to dish it out. Um, so when Brendan Burchard came along and he's like, courses on Kajabi are selling like crazy. You got to get in. I was like, oh, yes, duh. So I created a I created a course with a buddy of mine about finding your purpose, got it out there. 
And I just thought, it's up there. Now I'll just make a post on Instagram and people are just going to sign up and pay for it. <laughs> yeah. And yep. well, what did that force me to do? Oh, well, that doesn't work. Well, then I got to link it to some audience. Okay. Well, then I link it to the audience and then I'm like, well, it's not going when I post. And then someone's going, well, how did you write about it? I go, what do you mean? Like, what's your copy? What's copy? Oh, well, now <laughs> I got to figure out copy. And all this time I'm making no money and spending more money than I'm used to, mm. Right. But in this whole process, I learned about this whole world of marketing. And this and now I can launch something and go, I know exactly who I'm speaking to. I know what they need. I know how to create the funnel or whatever it is to help them lead to the thing. Whereas before that, I didn't know anything. So the failure paid me for something that someone yeah. could go to Harvard and go to get a marketing degree. And they wouldn't know the majority of what I know right now. And it probably cost me two to three grand. Yeah, um, yep. because it's all an academic exercise in the other case. For you, it was like, oh, crap, I did this thing. Now I'm not going to make it work. Yes. Yeah, I, I had a professor in, in college who bought a, a, a donut franchise when he was in school. And he's like, that was the best thing I ever did because now, like, my accounting class, I needed it to survive. Like, these <laughs> other classes, I'm like, tell me, please, because I got to go make this thing work. Like, yeah. That's pretty good. So, like, you just, just start doing stuff and you'll... Yeah figure it out. And even if it fails, it may be the education and the information yes. to launch the next product. Um, and that's another thing about, about Amazon that they're just so good at, you know, the, the Fire Phone as an example, dramatic, overwhelming, embarrassing failure, right? But that's not really the way they view it. They're like, yeah, we'll, we'll Jeff Bezos even said, oh, you thought that was a big mistake? We'll have bigger mistakes later. Yes. Right? Because he's like, we're moving to the next thing and we're going to try big things. Yes. And that's also why they get to stuff like the Alexa and just these monstrous successes. Massive. Well. So you just got to keep moving. So, all right, awesome. So that, that's the grind. Uh, what yeah. about the growth stages? So now we're moving into you know some level of profitability, some level of consistent sales. Yep. Where do you see people getting stuck there? Yeah, so this is where you really have to tap into your visionary muscle. Um, this is where asking for help comes in. This is where you're, you have to think about not how do we solve this problem, but who's good at solving these problems mm. and how do I get not how. in front of, yes. Um, one of the books that I would really encourage anyone to read at any stage is what got you here won't get you there. Uh, um, and love that. it who, is, who wrote that? yeah, what got you here won't get you there. I'm pretty sure that's the title. If you type it in, it's like a guide looking at a ladder. Um, and one of the greatest things at any stage, like if you got through the grind, it's usually because unless you got investment, which I'm not against, I think it's great. Um, if you do it the right way, but you probably, if you didn't get that, you hustle. Marshall Goldsmith, author of, yes. we won't get you there. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Amazing book. Um, but if you got through the grind, you probably hustled and hustling from nothing to 20 K like consistent revenue per month is going to burn you out. And who you have to become is you've got to learn to be more visionary, holding clear expectations to people that come on 1099, people that come on as consultants, people that come on to do different things and going, this is the result I want. This is how I want it to work. Is that a possibility? Okay, what do we need to do to see that consistently for my business? And staying in your seat and understanding, always be thinking, what is the next thing that I would need to hand off in order to scale this business? And now you're starting to learn how to lead teams. As you're getting to 20K in revenue, you've made it one or two bad hires. Um, and you, you've learned a little bit from that. And it might cause you to fear bringing on anyone else because you're thinking about, man, they were so bad. They cost me all this money, all this headache. 
Um, I don't know, but you should not give up on the hire. You should maximize your hiring process and think about who can come in and create a better hiring process for me. Um, but the main thing, this is the biggest danger for people. We're, we're actually, I'm in talks of in buying an e-commerce brand um, because this owner, while he has an amazing brand, he burned himself out. Mm. He tried to do everything to the point where he was like, he just kind of gave up on it. And so um, while he still believes in the vision of it, he's just like, I just would rather not. And I'm looking at it going, man, there's so much fruit left on this tree. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And the way I'm thinking so, about it is I cannot wait to have this agency look at this part of this business. And even if we can't afford them right at the beginning, I'm starting the conversations now so that when the revenue does come up, they are ready to go. They know expectations. They know what we're about. They're ready to go. Um, so yeah. you're, you're starting that visionary muscle really is important right there. Love it. So visionary muscle, thinking who, not how. That's also another good book. There's a book called Who, Not How, uh, which is great. I highly recommend it. Um, you also had mentioned something when we were prepping. You talked about the Messiah complex. Yeah. Right? Can, can, you, can you break that down a little bit? I, mean, I think people probably get the picture just by hearing the, the name of it, but break that down just a bit. Yes. You are not the savior to your company. Yeah. So when you feel like you are the savior to your company, it means I need to be doing everything. I need to be handling this because I'm the best at doing it. And I live by a rule, like if someone can come in and do it 80% as good as I can, and that's their core focus, they'll probably end up doing it 110% better than me because that's all they're doing, spending their time. I might need to train them up a little bit. So I never want to see myself as the savior of this company. I want to be really good what I'm already good at and hold myself to that and then kind of assume that there's somebody out here that can do this better or 80% as good as me and would love the opportunity. And I would also say just because business is dirty laundry does not mean that someone coming in would look at that dirty laundry and go, wow, this place is a mess. There are a lot of people from the outside that would look at that dirty laundry and go, I can't believe I get the opportunity. I've been looking for somewhere where I can stretch this muscle, that I could come in and do this. Oh, this is yep. easy. A lot of people at the growth phase are embarrassed of their finances. Hmm. They're just like, man, I've been hanging on tooth and nail. Once people come in and see how much of a mess it is, more often than not, people are inspired by messes and vision. They're going, yep. there's a vision. I want to get in on this. And you're going, yeah, but there's this mess. And they're going, great, I'll come up with a plan to clean it up as long as yeah, you can yeah. keep taking us to where we want to go. Yeah, yeah. People get excited about, hey, I like, I like the challenge or I, yeah. I, I'm i made to do stuff like this. And so uh, one thing I'll kind of share there, and this, this has been a, a growth journey for myself as well because I like to kind of have my hands in a little bit of everything and, and you know, running an agency. I've always been pretty good with clients and I'm good at sales. And so I like to be in some of those meetings and in, in some of the sales conversations. And I still do some, but I've, I've let go of a lot. Uh, because I've had to, but um, I, I'm a big fan of Craig Groeschel. You and I think we're talking yeah. about him. He's, he's my pastor, uh, but he's also, I love his leadership podcast. And so there was a, a talk he gave recently where he said, hey, you can have growth or you can have control, but you can't mm. have both. And, mm. and I love that where it's like, okay, I, I, not that you give up all control. That's not the point. It's just that you can't control everything. And if you try, you'll be the bottleneck. You will yeah. be the lid on your business and so as I kind of realized that and worked through that, you know, over the last several years, 
it's been kind of freeing. It's been a little scary as well. As a <laughs> bit of a control freak in, in certain areas, uh, but it's been also fun. And what's what's cool, and you talked about, you know, finding people that can do a job 80% as good as you can. What's super interesting is that they may start at 80%, but then they may end up at like 150% or 200%. Yes. And then and then you're like, uh, Siri thought I was talking to her somehow. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, they start at 80%, but then they end up doubling your productivity. And that's like yeah. super rewarding and super satisfying. It's the most fun thing that I do now is watching my, my team grow. And so, yeah. Um, I love cool, that. Cool, man. So that that is fantastic. So so now we're growing. Any any other roadblocks on the on the growth stage? You know, on the growth stage, any other don't be afraid to ask for money. You are running into cash flow deals. Mm-hmm. There are investors that are good people. And right now there's a ton of investors, right? There are uh, just- I am one. Sounds like you're one. We got the capitalism fund. Like we're we're looking for investments. Yeah. Yes. People are looking for places outside of the stock market and all that stuff where they can plug in their cash and see growth. And so you might be like, I'm going to lose all their money. What they're hoping is that you can turn their money into something else and you just need to the vision. And just like potential new employees, wouldn't you love to have Brett Curry come in as an investor and you telling him, I've just got some SEO, Google type stuff. We just can't figure it out. But if we do, golly, we could scale to eight figures and here's how we do it. He'd come in and go, uh, I think there's something we could do here. <laughs> yep, here's capital to deploy, and then let's make this thing happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Und- under leveraged assets, right? That's what we're that's what we're looking for. We're here. There's there's a marketing angle we haven't tapped into here, but the brand is awesome. We can we can go to the moon here. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, awesome. Absolutely. Love it, love it. So now let's talk about the gold stage. So now we're now we're crushing it. Now we're growing. Now maybe we're yep. thinking about an exit at some point. But yep. but what about what about in the gold stage? What are yeah. the what are the areas of getting stuck there? Okay, there's there's two. It's giving over your company to an integrator, COO, that kind of thing is going. Is there like I've been leading this team? I've been the kind of the face of this team. Um, have to have a number two here. That's it. Feels like a marriage, and they're gonna be they're gonna do stuff so that I don't have to be in as many meetings. Like I'm gonna be in. So you start to feel a little insecure about your position in the company. One hundred percent. And so you're starting to go, oh, and do I trust this person? They're leading a little bit differently than I would. I wouldn't have said that. I might not have done it this way, but can I trust them? And letting them fail, but also getting out of their way and letting them really take this stuff. And it's not saying you just turn the other eye. No, you're monitoring the stuff. You're looking at the numbers. You're looking at the team. But that's usually not your sweet spot. You need to grow this business. Mm-hmm. You need to scale it. And so for you as a visionary, I it, it sounds crazy, but at the gold I'm often like, hey, when's the last time you went on vacation? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, when's the last time you went on a little mini retreat for yourself and, and just went out with some buddies or with, with some of your lady friends? Like, when was the last time you went out and had inspiration hit you? When was the last time you thought, how, how can we take this even bigger? What, is it, what does it mean for me to spend less time here and the company grow two times more? What, what would that look like? What would have to be true for us to scale ridiculously and not lose our culture. So it's those kind of questions that you need to be asking yourself because when what, what, what will happen is if someone takes stuff off your plate, a, a leader that isn't a true trying to stay in the visionary seat will just find more stuff for people to manage and will get in the way. And yep. they're like, now it feels like I have two bosses. Who do I go to? Yeah, yeah. A true visionary will go, I've, I've brought someone in 
lead the team and make sure we're executing at a high level. Me and this integrator meet consistently, but I'm going out saying, what's the next mountain? So this is what Apple, Tesla, all the big brands we love was the visionary leader was unsatisfied status quo and always saw new opportunities in the horizon. Some weren't great, but some were game-changing. And so for each of you, it's the belief that I am a game-changing, we have a game-changing business right now. Hmm. And if you don't believe that about your business, it might be time to sell. Yeah. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. That is great. You built this to a certain place. Maybe there's someone else that can see more vision for your brand, for your business than you can, and you need to sell it to them. Get that payout. Go hang out and dream about the next thing you want to do. You've got five, 10 years of experience that you can come in and leverage towards your next great idea. But for you, if you're going, this business still has stuff, there's juice in here. There's mm -hmm. stuff to do. Then you have to become 100% visionary, a clear communicator, and you need, it is a must. You have to get around like-minded individuals. If you do not have a community of visionaries that you're meeting with, and, and let me clarify this. This is not a place where you go and complain about what's going wrong. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it is yeah. a place you go and say, hey, here's some, here's some tension points we're having in our business. We want to overcome them, but here's our vision. And then the other vision is you're going, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Here's where we want to go. And so you're getting fired up and thinking big. You've got to think big because the best talent are attracted to big vision. Yeah. Yes, they are drawn the to best. It. The best integrators, the the top performers yes. on almost any level, they want to see and hear from a visionary. Doesn't mean you have to be super charismatic. You don't have to be no. as as well spoken as as a Justice Marimi, right? But you but you need to be a good visionary, and people are attracted to that. And 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 one other uh, tip that I'll give is when you go to these these groups, and I I one hundred percent agree with you. We need to be challenged in our in our thinking and in our execution. And so being around other entrepreneurs is the way you do that. And, and quick plug, and I get no benefit from this, but that's where the 1% is super handy. That's where things like Ezra Firestone's Blue Ribbon Mastermind are, yes. are, are beneficial. Like plug into groups like that because it will stretch you and grow you and help you. And then when you go, don't go in and just kind of peacock around and, and strut your stuff. Be like justice and just start asking people questions. Like interview people. Maybe not quite that aggressively, but, but uh, ask, ask lots of questions. So, um, man, that's awesome. So a, a couple things I want to mention when I, I want to key in on uh, that you said that was, that was brilliant is as you hire that integrator and you step back a little bit, right? So you've got the COO or the director of operations. Yeah. You can get a little insecure at that point. And you can be like, what am I doing here? And and so just full transparency, I've had some of those moments, right? So I'm CEO. We uh, trained up and promoted someone from within. Her name's Sarah Still. She's been with us for about eight years. She's our COO. Wow. And and in the early days of kind of letting things go, I'm like, uh, do I really need to be here anymore? I, of course I, I did, but not the same level. And really now it's like coaching her. And no, she's she's great at team stuff. She's great at seeing stuff that I never see. She's great at process stuff that I'm terrible at. And it's just so freeing. But you have to be willing to say, no, no, no. This is best for the business. Like you, and I've got kind of a protector um, a personality as well. So I want to like protect everybody and do things like that, which is, you have to be aware of that. So it's like, no, 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 I need to step back, let her shine and do what she does, and then I'll show up where I'm brilliant. And then it's like a, a really awesome combo. Um, but that's there's a little bit of a struggle there, right? 
Um, it, it, any any other ways you would coach someone? Because I know you also work with a lot of top performers as well. Yeah, how they how they kind of navigate some of those. Mm, I'm growing, the business is growing, and my role is changing. How do I deal with that? Yeah. So one of the things that I'll I'll ask a lot of them is how. What is your superpower? Mm, what happens when you when you walk in the room? What happened when like when you what is your value to this business in the sense of when when you're there, what does this business do? What do people do? How do people respond? That's different than when you're not here. And I, I tell them, go ask six or seven people. Mm. Go ask some of like people that work with you in the business that are that are more people that you rub shoulders with. Go talk to your spouse. Like, what do you see it? And then I believe in like great stewardship. And so, mm -hmm. how do you stewardship? How do you steward that to the next level? Like, what would it look like to double down on on that? Also, if you're really scaling, like you might have an eight figure. Like, it's time to have your executive team, like your high level yeah, executive. Yeah, got team. to. Got to. You have to and start meeting with them. And remember, 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 you're not there to solve problems. They're there to solve problems. You're there to cast vision. So mm -hmm. when you come in, it is really important for you to instill belief into your team that they've got this. Warren Buffett, they talk about how he did this. It was like he was not really a problem solver. He would just come in and go, you know what? I really think you're going to really knock this out of the park. You're going <laughs> to do a great job figuring yeah. this out. I just And people worked like crazy crazy for this guy mm. and i think we all know how he's doing so for, he's doing okay yeah he's, 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 made, right. he's made, a couple, made a couple bucks in the yeah, investment I, world i think he's done all right yeah i could probably give him some feedback on some investment <laughs> stuff but i think he'll be fine <laughs> yeah yeah um but this is where they get they get pulled out and i see this all the time they get pulled out and they also will burn themselves out so you really have to be super self-aware like what fires you up what gets you going if you think you need to give yourself time, you need to you need to multiply that times two. Whatever amount of time you think you need, multiply it times two. If you're going, mm -hmm. I need a month off, you need two months off. And mm -hmm. if you're listening to this and you're going, no way, I couldn't take two months away from my business, you've got a Messiah complex. So yeah. for you, you've <laughs> got to come in and go, what would have to be true for me to take two months away from, from, from my business and for it to continue to prosper? That will also give you a game plan for next hires. It'll give you a game plan for some of the places that where you are the bottleneck. Um, and those are often the limiters to, to scale. So staying in that visionary seat. And if and again, you don't have to be this charismatic, crazy thing. It's, it's that you are clear on where this business is going and yep. you know how to communicate it. Yeah. I love that thought exercise. I, I don't think I could take two months off just because I, I like what I'm doing too much. I just I couldn't do it. But I love the thought exercise because for that to be true, for you to be able to take two months off and the business to keep growing, it has to be way less dependent on you than it is right now. And so I love that thought exercise because I think most people listening to this podcast, they have visions of selling one day, building a brand, selling and having a fantastic exit at some point. And you've got to get your business to that point eventually where it's not all about you. So, yeah, I love that uh, that thought process, if, if nothing else. That's really yeah. And, and the one other thing that I'll add is you'll eventually become this. You need to become the, the cheerleader. You'll start to become this public cheerleader of your mm -hmm. brand, of your business, which mm -hmm. is good. 
So yeah. right now, we Jeff Bezos isn't doing any like work, but he's he's out there with the Amazon brand, going to India, making sure a bunch of people see the Amazon brand. He's jumping around. Like Elon's not doing an like a bunch of stuff in the inner workings of Tesla, but he's showing on you know all these shows and all these things. He's promoting the brand. Aubrey Marcus of On It they just sold for I think six hundred million. Um, but he was going around his podcast, his stuff. It wasn't like you saw a lot of his inner workings. He was still showing up to work, I'm sure. But one of his main things was just spreading the message of on it, like just getting it out there. And that, in my mind, is something that would be great for a lot of you to become. Like, how do I become a real cheerleader and promoter and advancer of this business that I have? What would that look like? Because when you're doing that, more eyes are turning towards this thing that you're you're building, you see it with. Uh, there's a brand named uh, Poopery, where you like spray. Your yeah, 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 totally. It's awesome. Their viral video uh, made them famous, and also made Harmon Brothers famous, the, the the company that created the video. Yes, and so now towards the end of her time there, I think she might have sold it. I'm not sure, um, but she was just showing up on stages, and now she's like this like kind of influencer type person. But she was just showing up on stages talking about poopery. If you're like, what are poopery? Then they hear the story. Then they find out about the stuff because she was just going out there waving the, the the flag of the brand. And so what would give you the freedom to go out and wave the flag of your business? What would what would have to happen for you to be free to just go, hey, I'm going to meet on the, go on these podcasts to talk about it out and, and really promote on these different platforms? Like what would allow me to do that? And what is our story? And am I championing that story out to a lot of people. Um, that is like a huge, huge piece to, to, to scale and grow. Yeah, I love it. And, and I think, you know, a lot of us, um, we like to be problem solvers and we're good at solving problems. That's usually how we get to where we are. Yeah. And so we think I'm the problem solver in the business, right? But again, that becomes the bottleneck, right? Yes. You hire good directors and a good second in command and these other people and they want to solve problems too, right? That's part of their DNA and that's part of what they want to do. If you're not careful, you train people to say, no, 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 no. you don't solve problems around here. I solve problems. And you'll just teach people to stop thinking. You'll teach, yes. Or you'll teach people to say, well, I've got a problem here. I don't know. Go ask Brett, I guess. Or go ask Justin. Like whatever. You, you train people to do that yeah. when you just say, no, no, no. I, I trust you to do it. I hired you to do this. Certainly, I'm happy to give feedback. We need feedback. But I trust you to do this. And that's, yeah. uh, that's huge. Um, one, one kind of last thing, and we can keep talking forever because it's super fun, but <laughs> one of the last things I want to kind of talk about is we, we talked a little bit about fear in, in when you and I were prepping. Yeah. Uh, how much do you think fear plays a part in some of these areas that, that people get stuck? And just, just any thoughts or insights on that? I know it's a huge topic, but. Yes, yes. I love, uh, I think it's Les Brown had this acronym for fear that I just, I just fell in love with, which was false evidence appearing real. Yeah. And, yeah. um, Fear is a massive, massive piece to a lot of business owners moving forward. And the fear, it's not like, oh, I'm going to get attacked by a tiger. It's more of, <laughs> yeah. it's more of I'm going to die in my sleep or something like that. It's, it's, hey, in order for us to scale, I'm going, like, this position is not going to be needed anymore. And I, this person that's in that position, and I'm going to have to let them go. What is that going to look like? How are people going to perceive me? Um, how is this person going to take this? What's going to happen to their family if they no longer work here? 
and you start going in this tunnel of, of thought and, and, and problems. And, and it's like, hey, your, your fear of upsetting someone is keeping your business from scaling. And, and, and it really is that. And you have to remove your ego and go, I'm not the provider for him. That's not, yep. he's yep, the exactly. provider or she's yeah. the provider for them. Um, I'm here to make sure that we're making the best decisions for this business. And so there's, there's, there's that fear. There is the fear of um, running out of money. And we could talk all day about limiting beliefs and how, you th- how people think. But often I'll go, what got you here? Like you didn't get here overnight and you've got money now. So what is your, what is your concern that the money's going to run out? And it's not saying don't be responsible, um, but if you know you need to make a big move or you need to invest in an agency to start taking over your ads, I mean, I'm sure you see it with all- Great advice, by the way. I love that advice. Yeah. I think it's, uh, <laughs> when the time is right. When the time yeah. is right, you gotta put the right agency, all, all that, but yeah. <laughs> I did not pay you to say that. You know, you know Deacon Bradley and-, and, and Yeah, Deacon's uh, awesome, man. Love that dude. He So he and I talk, he, he worked at an agency for a while. And one of the things that we would often talk about was- there would be a business that was they were running ads for and the ads were having great results, but cash flow looked like it was getting tight. And so they're like, pull the plug, stop running ads. We, we, can't, yep. we can't do that. Like, this is going to go wrong. It's going, it's working. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You, yeah. Need to, you need to be the visionary and create another product that they can upsell to. That's not on us, but do you know how rare it is to, to get the thing? Right, that it's, yeah. It's, it's working. It's clicking. Yeah. We're, getting, yeah. we're getting consistent stuff. You got to stay with it. And they're like, no, 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 no. Let's cut it. And they're like, oh my gosh. They missed out on millions in revenue because yep. the owner was fearful. Yeah, it just, yeah. just fear. Yeah. And they would never communicate it that way. They'd never say, oh, I was afraid. So this, it was, well, we just didn't have the right funding for that at the time. And it wasn't mm-hmm. a priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's so true. I'll, I'll speak to this from, from our perspective a little bit. We run a lot of YouTube ads for some scaling brands. And we had one brand that was scaling multi six figures a month on, on YouTube and doing really well. And it was more of a corporate uh, setup. So they had to pull the plug for a little while because of some corporate stuff. And we're like, guys, yeah. We just had like our best couple weeks ever. We got killer momentum. We could scale like to the moon right now. And like, no, 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 we got to kill it because of X, Y, Z. I'm like, all right. And and so we had to pause for like three weeks and we turned it back on. Uh, it took so long, so mm. long to get back to where we were because there are some things that really there's momentum that builds with the algorithm and, and, and other things that are going on that you... Once when you have the magic is there, right? As yeah. I know what Deacon's talking about. When the magic is there, like you want to press the gas because it's hard to get back. And so it's, it is, um, it is. Yeah. And so fear. People think you know when I when someone talks about fear, they're like, ah, oh, this is just some woo woo stuff. But I will press an entrepreneur on fear uh, a million times over. Mm-hmm. I will ask them. It's called like the seven whys, um, where they're going. Well, I I don't want to do this because this would happen. And then you go, well. Why would, why do you, what would be so bad about that? And they go, yeah, well, because yeah. this could happen. And you go, well, well, what would be so bad if that happened? Yeah. And they go, well, this, and then, well, what would be so bad? Uh, and then you come down to it and they're like, well, this person might be a little upset or I just, wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to do this this month. And, and, and how bad is that? It's not bad. We can, we don't really, need it. <laughs> yeah. and you're going, yeah. okay, so let's do this. Um, so it's, it's the fear, fear of launching, fear of growth. There are actually people out there that are scared of growing. 
Yes, we don't totally believe that. We're, we're, we're afraid of what's going to happen. What's going to happen if this business blows up? What's going to happen if I make a lot of money? This is maybe like a fear that's down there. What happens if I become the richest person in my family? What happens if these things happen? Yes. There's real fear there. It doesn't seem like it. That doesn't, you know, I'm not afraid of making money. I think some people are, right? Yes. And so it's something you got to uh, overcome. I, I love that thought exercise too, because because then as you, as you drill down and you say, okay, so the worst case scenario over here is that someone could get upset. But then you start playing the worst case scenario over here. If we make this decision, and it could be fantastic, yes. like then, then things become clearer. But you, but you have to get to that underlying fear. And, and hey, we all have it, right? And we don't want to admit it because we're entrepreneurs and we're strong and we're bootstrappers and all these things. But you know, we're we're fearful of losing our significance, maybe, right? We're fearful of not being needed. We're fearful of what happens if I'm no longer the smartest person in the room or what, what happens if it's no longer all my ideas or what like, we play all these scenarios or what happens if I'm too successful, right? Um, yep. Fear plays a part, man. So, so any, any advice then I love the seven whys. That's fantastic. Any other, any other advice on how to kind of get to the root of fear maybe, or how to overcome it? Yeah. So I always think of things like, how do I hedge against this? Hmm. Um, so I'm in this place of fear. Like I'm coming out of it. We've got, I went through some traumatic experiences in, in, as I was, I was a pastor for a little bit and just some traumatic stuff that was outside of my control and um, all this stuff. So I've got this fear of asking for help. Mm. So I kind of had this revelation over communicating with my wife of like, I was starting to get frustrated with people that they weren't asking me to help. But really what I wanted was I, I, I needed to come in and just go, hey, I need your help. I want you to ask me for help so I can come in and be myself with you guys, with this team or doing this stuff. And so I just started asking people for what I really wanted. Um, mm. And mm. I just said, and I told them up front that I was actually a little nervous asking them. Yeah, yeah. So it opened up that- and That takes a lot of courage to, to say that, to be willing to ask for what you need and even to be transparent like that. That's, that's yeah. awesome. Kudos to you for that. Thank you. And so it's, so I, I just, I mean, I, I went to my boss. I said, hey, this is what I want. And this is where I am. And I'm asking you- uh, because you're really good at this, and I want you to know it's really hard for me to ask for help. And I'm, my my boss is Ryan Ryan Moran, and, and he was like, "Oh, okay, so you're saying you want this?" I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, it sounds like you want to be able to do this with this, and we can do that starting in a few months." And I was like, "Serious?" He's like, "Yeah, this actually is really <laughs> relieving for me because I don't want to have to focus." That's actually, on helpful for him. He's like, "Dude, I want it. I want someone to do that. You do that." Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so I asked, I went and asked another person, another leader in our community. I said, hey, this is what I want to do. He goes, are you serious? Yes. I went to another person. I just said, hey, here's what I want to do. I'm, I'm, here's where I'm at. Here's who I don't want to be when I ask. And I know that this kind of stuff comes up for you a lot. And so here, and they're going, yes. And so all these people are saying yes. And I've got a meeting this week, next week, where I'm going to meet with an investor. I'm going to ask for a dollar amount. That sounds crazy. And he'll probably say no. But I am just trying to get that muscle Yep. Where, yep. where fear comes in, I'm trying to get that muscle that overrides that just a little bit stronger, just a little bit stronger mm -hmm. where I'm going, I think a lot of the things I want in life are right there, yeah. but these people yeah. don't know it. They've got their own life going on. And so my big thing for fear is in overcoming it, it can feel like a lot. And sometimes it is a lot. Um, ask for help and be yep. clear on what you want, but also be clear on like, hey, this is where I'm coming from. This is the position of my this is my position of my heart in this. I'm, I'm a little nervous. Uh, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to come and ask for something like this, but this is just where we're at. And I look at like last big name reference, but I love reading the biographies of, um, of, of big, big people like 
Steve Jobs, Elon yep. Musk. Yeah. All these they all asked for help. I mean, Elon I Musk slept on someone's couch. He was like, Can I sleep at your house? I'm broke. And the <laughs> person was like, Yes. And he goes to dinner and goes, Tesla wouldn't exist unless we get at least five hundred thousand in the next two weeks. And the guy's like, Okay, I guess I'm I'll write you a check for a hundred thousand. He's like, Thanks. And like all of them, they just asked Steve Jobs just yeah. asked people to come. They yep. asked, and I go, who am I? Yeah. What kind there's, of there's a famous story of Steve Jobs as a teenager calling HP, right? He looked up Bill Hewlett or Pack, I forget which one, but he looked up their number and the phone book. This is a long time yeah. ago, obviously, but he called him and, and Bill answered. And Steve's like, Well, I'm working on this project. I need some some whatever. And uh Bill's like, Well, you want to like a summer internship? And Steve's like, yeah, I would. <laughs> he calls this famous business guy at home as a teenager. I mean, who would have thought, like, everybody would look at that and say, well, I can't do that. I can't, I can't reach out and I can't ask. But that's where you got to go. You got to train that muscle. I love the way yes. you said that. You got to train the muscle of asking and putting yourself out there and getting rejected even. And like, you just, yep. yeah, but the more you'll, you'll get comfortable with it. And, and then the magic starts to happen. Yeah. For sure. So. Yeah, dude, man, this has been fantastic. We are up against time. So we'll have to kind of wrap it up. But but Justice, if people are listening and they say, I need a little more justice in my life. I need to hang out with this dude a little bit more. Uh, what should they check out? They should check out the 1%. Just check out the incubator. They could probably follow you on the socials. But where do you, where do you recommend people go? Yeah, if, if you're an e-commerce like brand, meaning you want to create a brand, I would recommend going to the 1%. You can go to capitalism.com and just join the group. It's 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 an amazing community led by myself and, and Ryan Moran, where we really are trying to give you the tools um, to have an eight-figure, seven-figure exit. He's done it for hundreds of people. He did it for himself. And so I'd say he's done it for a lot of people. Let me not say hundreds yeah. of people. He's yeah, done yeah. it for a lot, a lot of people. Yeah. We've got hundreds of people in the community. Um <laughs> Um, but he's seen dozens of people get exits for sure. And, um, it, it's, it's really cool to see. Um, and the incubator is again, for people that want to stay in the owner's model, want to learn how to go get investors, want to learn how to have a clear vision of who they're serving in the company for the next three years, but then also just go ahead and launch their product. And then I do private coaching, um, for, for high level CEOs. If you want to go to justicemarimi.com, you can go there. Um, but most of my time is spent in with capitalism.com. So. Yeah, find me. Awesome. Love it. Justice Marimi, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you killed it, man. That was a ton of fun. Thanks again for, for coming on the show. You bet. Thank you. Awesome. We'll have to do it again sometime. And thank you for tuning in and for listening and giving us your attention. And hey, if this delivered value, uh, give a shout out to Justice, but also give us that five-star review on iTunes. It does help other people discover the show. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com 
and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.